Hello, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us once again for During Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kitts. And as always, we want to open up in a prayer and thank God for this opportunity. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and your love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're always with us, Lord, no matter what we do, Lord, and how we act. Lord, you're always there and you always care. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, and we lift you up. Bless this word, Lord, that it will touch the mark that you want it to touch and, and the people that you want it to reach. We thank you and we praise you in your blessed holy name. Amen. I was thinking today about what I had to offer. And then this reference to uh, what Peter said in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It's the name of Jesus and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to this uh, crippled guy. The book of Acts takes the history of Christianity where the Gospels really leave off. See, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit came in a unique way to the apostles and moving them forward dramatically and and letting them tell the story of the risen Christ. And we see later that uh, in the Red Square in Moscow, Lenin, their leader, was embalmed, and he remains lying in a crystal casket in a tomb. The inscription on the casket reads, He was the greatest leader of all peoples and of all countries and of all times. He was the Lord of the new humanity, and he was the Savior of the world. All that Lenin did and was stated was in the past tense. As Christians, we know that the true Savior of the world is Jesus Christ, the living Christ. And of course, the books of Acts tells only a few of the many wonderful events that have occurred. The Holy Spirit led Luke to record the visit of Peter and John to the temple where they healed a man who had been lame from birth. That's all he had known in his whole life was being lame and and needing help from other people. How strange that Peter's words must have sounded when he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. But how exciting Peter's deeds when he took the man by the right hand and then he lifted him up and through the power of the Holy Spirit healed him. It was a double miracle that occurred that day. The man learned to walk and leap at the very moment that he was healed. Think about the man had never walked let alone jumped or leaped in his life. That's how our God works. And that's how He is. And how He can move you like you've never moved before in all of your life. And raising you from your crippled state to where you can be a servant for Him. God allows us to do things that we've never done before. Like doing this podcast. I never would have ever dreamed that I could be recording these and posting them where He can use them for His glory and His benefit. I'm only doing this because, like the lame man, I believe that I could do this with God's help. A great lesson is presented in the story of the lame man. We are to do what we can do with what we have and where we are for Jesus' sake today. Never wait for a greater opportunity or for a time that would be easier or more resources or within our ability because money isn't everything. Too often people think that the money that they give is the only way to help a person in need. How thrilling to see that this story where money is not the most important thing. Peter said plainly, 
silver and gold have I none. Then proceeded to work a miracle. The time can come in a person's life, church, or an organization when money can actually become a problem. It is so important to keep our priorities right. Whether we use the term talents or abilities or gifts when we speak of what we have to offer in God's service, we must answer the question, what do I have to offer my Lord to use? Another question will follow closely. Am I willing to give myself, including my talents, abilities, and gifts, to be used any way that God sees fit? Giving such as we have to our Lord unreserved for use in the service of His kingdom. How do we know that Jesus Christ is living power amongst us? For the church of Jerusalem, the healing of the lame man signified the power of the living Christ and that He was present amongst them. Uh, Do we see lives being changed miraculously? Are there things happening amongst us that amaze and fill us with wonder? The book of Acts emphasizes on the reality of the living Christ in the church. Let's consider the four lessons from Acts chapter 3. One, the lesson of the crippled society and what can be done about it. Two, the lessons of divine authority and how it can be used. Three, the lessons of the living message and the reverence for our times. And four, the lessons of obedience and expectations. So one, the lesson of the crippled society and what can be done about it. We read that Peter and John had an encounter with a lame man who had been crippled from birth. Each day someone carried him to the gate called Beautiful. He begged from the crowd of worshipers who passed by that prominent place. This is where the man's healing took place. We often find that our miracle is in that same place, a place where we are at our last hope, a place where there is nowhere else that we can turn and we have a great need, a void or something is missing in our lives. That's when Jesus can work a miracle in us. See, the lame man saw Peter and John approach, approaching the gate, and so he begged them for money. But Peter's words changed the man's life. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Peter took the man by the hand and he helped him up. The man was healed instantly. He jumped to his feet and he leaped around the temple courts, praising God, causing a scene because of how God moved in his life. This crippled man had been made whole. The truth is that all of us are crippled and in the need of a healing. Paul in Romans 3 and 23 says, All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, We are all like sheep who have gone astray. And the words of Jesus recorded in Luke 13 and 3 states, Unless we repent, we will perish. Like the lame man at the gate, we are helpless and powerless spiritually crippled without Jesus Christ. Salvation is our most basic need. Our society is crippled too, and with the crippled morals and marriages and relationships, our society is crippled by perversion. Abortion continues to claim innocent lives. Pornography continues to destroy homes and marriages. Sexual sin is is a way of life for millions of people. People are crippled by alcohol and drugs. People are crippled by negative attitudes, anger, hate, resentment, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Only Jesus can bring a healing to that kind of need. Part 2, the lesson of divine authority and how to use it. Acts 3 verse 6 says that Peter healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus promised his disciples, recorded in John 14 and 14, was that 
whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So Peter spoke in the name of Jesus Christ. And there is power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. The answer to our crippled generation is the name Jesus Christ. Not silver or gold or self-help or even positive thinking. We're sending that positive vibe or energy. Peter claimed his authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus was given all authority in heaven and earth in Matthew 28 and 18. He shared his power with the apostles, and according to Ephesians 1, 19-23, all believers shall be privileged to this authority. All that we do should be done in awareness of the spiritual authority. We have the authority to call people to salvation, to tell them about Jesus Christ. We have the authority to pray victorious. We have the authority to resist the devil and make him flee. We have the authority to enforce Christ's victory in life and home and in our church and in our country. This spiritual authority does not need to be taken lightly. It is to be exercised by believers who are filled with the Spirit, living clean lives and walking by faith. There is power in the church who believes and claims this authority. Part 3, the lesson of a living message and relevance in our time. Peter explained that this miraculous healing of the crippled man was God's work. It was the living Christ at work, and that makes this first century message relevant in the 21st century times, because the message of responsibility for Christ's death in Acts chapter 3, verse 14, 13, 14, the apostles declared that the crucifixion of the greatest crime was in human history. The fact is that all of us are responsible for Jesus Christ's death because he died in our place. The message of the resurrection of the Christ from the dead we find in Acts chapter 3, verse 15. Without the resurrection, there is no hope, no salvation, no church, and no living Christ. The message of the power of Christ's presence in Acts 3 and 16. This is the secret of the Christian life and the source of the power of the church. And the message of repentance and new life we find in Acts 3 and 19. Repentance is the forgotten message to our generation, but there is no life without it. Turn to God that your sin may be blotted out and completely wiped away all of our sins. And then the message of revival of the Lord's presence, time for restoration of refreshment. The message of the return of the Lord in Acts 3 and 21. This message of the early church was the second coming of Jesus Christ. His coming was always in the consciousness of the first believers. As believers, we know that He will come again, that He will come in years or days or hours or minutes. We just have to be ready for His return. The message of the response to God's message in Acts 3, 22 through 26, it's a simple message. Hear the word and be blessed or refuse the word and be destroyed. Responding to Christ brings untold joy. Rejecting Him brings spiritual ruin and a place called hell. And then the fourth part, the lesson of obedience and expectation. What are you expecting in life? How do you reach a place where God desires you to be? Would it surprise you to know that obedience is that key? The verse we read here in Acts show that without obedience, the power of the gospel would not be shown. A man would still be lame 
and the truth would not have been shared with others. As I read this passage, one thing over and over keeps playing in my spirit. It's obedience. And we know that faith goes hand in hand with obedience. Today, we want to look at the four reasons for God's Word and why you should walk in obedience to God and His Word. In obedience, you allow God to provide opportunities. Peter and John, in obedience, where they were, God could use them in this lame man's life. Peter and John, in obedience, were where God could move in his lame man's life. First, we see that they're walking in obedience. It says, now Peter and John went together to the temple. What would have occurred if they wasn't going and they didn't want to feel like going to church today like many people do? God's power would not have been able to be manifested. A man would not have been healed and a testimony would not be able to be shared. But Peter and John were obedient and went to the temple as God had commanded. They were used by God to perform a miracle. Hebrews 10:25 states, For forsaking the assembly and ourselves together as a manner of some... It is extremely sad that today many Christians neglect the simple pleasure of attending church regularly. And they, they are puzzled why God is not moving in their lives. God is not moving in their lives because of disobedience that they are allowing other things to come in before them and stopping them from getting blessed by God. We also see that Peter and John were obedient by walking according to God's timing. When you look at the verse, at the hour of prayer, meaning the ninth hour, and we know that Jesus was crucified on the ninth hour, so that's a special time. But Peter and John knew it was time for church, and they knew that they should be in church. There's a specific time set aside for worship and prayer and joining together with other believers, and John and Peter were on their way to do that. Sadly, many churches hold midweek prayer meetings and, and services that usually contain the smallest crowds that you would ever see. God honors prayer time. And God knew that in obedience, Peter and John would be going to the temple at that very time. So in God's sovereign purpose, he places the man in their pathway. If they had possessed a careless attitude and said, well, we went last week and we'll just go next week, or we'll wait to the next service. It's too early or the crowd may be smaller than what we need. If they would have said that or thought that, then God's miraculous grace and mercy would not have been manifested on that lame man's life. Unless the path of obedience is walked, you will miss the opportunity that God has placed before you. Verse 2 tells us that this man has laid daily at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. In order to benefit this man, Peter and John had to be at that temple. There's no other path that they could have walked that would have caused them to come in contact with this man. I'm reminded of the parables Jesus used in Luke 10 about two men who deviated from their paths in order to not be blessed. That was the parable of the Good Samaritan. Before he arrived on scene, two other people had walked down the same path and had a wonderful opportunity to be blessed to a man who had been beaten and robbed and left for dead. But we see that the men lacked compassion and they changed their path and walked in the other side. However, the Samaritan kept on the straight and the narrow. He refused to be disobedient and God provided him with an opportunity to be a blessing. In obedience, you can be boldly expected God's miracles to outpour onto where you're working. Peter and John never doubted for a moment that this man would be healed. Their hearts were fixed on this man. And like the parable of the Good Samaritan where two men crossed the other side of the street so not to be involved, Peter fastened his eyes upon him. He didn't look away. 
He didn't think about this problem was too great. He didn't say that this was just another beggar looking for a handout. No, Peter fixed his heart on this guy. We need to approach people like Jesus did with love and care. The lame man's expectations were raised. I'm sure that he had seen people come and go that would not even look in his direction or maybe even laugh at him, spit on him, and even worse. But this time he saw someone was interested in him. So the Bible states in the verse 5 that he gave heed to them expecting to receive something from them. Now he didn't receive exactly what he expected, but at least he was expecting something. It's so sad that many Christians live with no expectation that they never experienced God moving in their lives. So why would they be in expectancy? And that's exactly how Satan desires that people think. If he can keep a child of God trapped with low expectations, then he's achieved a great victory. For without a vision, the people perish. Peter knew that he could be a blessing to this man by God's grace. I truly believe that on many occasions God allows us to be a blessing to others. Peter said he didn't have money to give, but yet he did have something. And what he did have, he gave. Notice he didn't ask God to do it. He knew that God had given him the ability through the name and the power of Jesus Christ to perform this miracle. In Ezekiel 34:26, it says, And I will make them and the places around them my hill a blessing, and I will cause the shower to come down in this season and there shall be showers of blessings. He stated that this was going to be a blessing to Israel. Nope. He stated that it was going to make them a blessing. The results were reassuring, and Peter never flinched in this, and he never doubted. I don't believe that he even hesitated for a moment. He told the lame man to rise up and walk. It would have been an absolute disaster if Peter and John, if they had the man remain lame, if they had left him in the state they found him in. But Peter knew that the results were assured. He knew that he had compassion. He knew that he was in obedience. He knew that he was in the right source in Jesus' name. He knew that he had the ability through Jesus Christ. The reason so many Christians doubt and fail to receive the abilities and the blessings to be a blessing to others is because their lives are not in obedience to Christ. 1 John 3 and 22 states, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. See, there is condition for being a blessing, because we keep and do. The key to it all is obedience. In obedience, evidence of God's power is made manifest. We read about the healing of the lame man and his testimony to the temple. Because two men were walking in obedience to God. This man received not only a blessing, but also a testimony. He was a living, walking proof of God's power in his life. In verse 9, it states that all people saw him walking and praising God. What a testimony that is. Once again, the key was obedience, and it is obedience. Now the reflection must be towards us. Are we living in obedience to God's word? Are we living in low expectations because of disobedience? You know that you can't expect to receive anything from God if you refuse to follow Him. I'm here to tell you today that you can change your life forever. God desires not only to bless you, but to make you a blessing for others. You can right now be inexpectant of great and mighty powerful work 
of God in your life if you will surrender your heart to Jesus. If you have known Jesus as your personal Savior, He desires to give you His wonderful grace. If you are a child of God, but you have been defeated and you've given up because of your lack of disobedience, why not make a new and total commitment back to Him? Follow His path of obedience in all things of His Word and watch how God transforms your life. Wrapping all this up, I want to encourage you. When the message of salvation is preached, there's something that happens. The book of Acts is proof that the living Christ is in the church. The living Christ means hope for a crippled society, authority for the people of God, and the message for all times. In Ephesians 2 and 12, the Bible states that without Christ, people have no hope and are without God in the world. They are spiritually lost, condemned already, and that's John 3 and 18. Not tomorrow, not next year, not 21, not 22, not 23, not death, but now, already condemned. People are trapped in sin. The nature of the human heart is to sin and rebel against God. Christ is our only hope. In answer to seeking heart, we must what we must do to be saved is simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior. A simple truth, yet many people are confused. Salvation is not a parent's faith. Salvation is not a religious principle. Salvation is not a specific church or belief. Salvation is not a culture. Salvation is not an outward symbol. Salvation is not living a good life. Salvation is one person and one person only, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the living Savior and Lord. Christ is the only hope for personal salvation. We are to believe in Him, and we are to acknowledge the facts of His life, death, and resurrection. And he's sitting on the right hand of God in heaven now as our intermediator, bringing our cares to the, to God. We are to trust ourselves to him as a personal Savior. Christ is our only hope. Friends, everyone who believes in Christ and dedicates themselves to him has great spiritual resources. We should find the greatest joy in sharing the gospel with others with words and then actions give him our time our talent ties and influence all that we have belongs to god christ is our only hope we need to believe in him then we must proclaim it share it with others and testify to it remember that john the baptist would never baptize anyone until he heard them confess jesus christ all the bible is about jesus and his love for us jesus will always be the answer to every question Apply His power and His authority to your life by faith and let His Word be a living and acting influence in you. God bless you. And we'll go ahead and close in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. We thank you for your wonderful grace. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us the opportunity. You set us up, Lord, for miracles to teach and to show others, Lord. Use us however you see fit. For those that have needs, Lord, you can meet them claim your authority on that situation and that issue. In your blessed holy name we beg. Amen.